Hey guys, this is a special audio-only bonus episode. This last weekend, I was blessed to be able to speak at our Ministers and Leaders Retreat here in Australia about effective digital ministry. And due to technical issues, we were only able to record about 45 minutes of the one-hour session. But I still wanted to share what we were able to record with you all because I believe it will be helpful for those who are working with online content at their local church. So this is just a recording of my session that was shared last weekend. I hope it is a blessing to you, and stay tuned, because following the session recording, I will be wrapping it up. But uh, yeah, enjoy the session. service to today. You can learn something or um, correct me if I'm wrong on something and help me out. Um, but uh, we'll, we'll get through the notes and hopefully we'll have some Q&A at the, at the finish if you had any, any specific questions or anything that I can help you with. Again, I'm not going to pretend like I'm an expert on this. I'm trying to, to learn along with you. That's kind of what digital ministry is all about. Um, because things are constantly changing, things are constantly evolving, and so we have to be uh, continual learners in, in this process of being effective with digital ministry. But one of the things that I've tried to cultivate over the many years working for the POS is a passion for church growth. Um, I read a lot of books about it. I look at what other churches are doing around the world and study it. I listen to podcasts about marketing and social media trends. And so I want to see the church grow. And I know you are, in this, you are all in this room because you want to see the church grow. As um, uh, Brother Shaw was just talking to us about, everybody wants to see the church grow and flourish. That's why we're involved in ministry. Uh, but I want to try and give you a bit of guidance as best I can as to you know some of the things that that I've learned along the way or some of the things that have uh, been conveyed to me from, uh, you know, experts, maybe YouTube, uh, podcasts, uh, different people who are in this space that are talking about the subject. Our most effective and, uh, evangelism tool at the POS, and again, I'm going to, I apologize, I'm going to be referencing the POS a lot in this session because that is where I've gained all of my experience over the last 10 years working in this. Um, and so please excuse that. I'm not saying that we're doing everything right, but that's just the reference point. Uh, so our most effective evangelism tool has been our online presence for a number of years now. Whether that is through Google searches, uh, sermons on YouTube, or pictures on our Facebook and Instagram. That's not to say that we don't have plenty of people at our church, at the Pentecostals of Sydney, who bring people to church. Obviously, we do. We have people who do that. Um, and of course, people who visit our church based off of uh, contacting us through our online presence, they have to have someone who is there that's going to disciple them, that's going to connect them to the church. So just having a good online presence, just like what Brother Shaw was just talking about, having, um, you know, having this desire and getting people into the church doors, doesn't really account for a whole lot if you don't have that church culture that's going to continue to disciple them and grow them. And of course, that's not the scope of, of this lesson here today, so we'll talk a little bit about that towards the end, but we're talking about more so 
how can we uh, minister to people effectively through the digital space? So because people are searching for churches online, we need to have a good online presence. Uh, if you think back to when you were trying to go to a restaurant for the first time, or a cafe, or even this hotel, uh, if you were deciding if you wanted to stay at the uh, ministers and leaders retreat venue, you, you know, you had to look at some of the reviews, what the, what the room looked like. So you're doing your research online before you ever actually step foot into the hotel or into the restaurant, into the cafe. And just like you do that, people who are searching for a new church, they're going to be doing the exact same thing. They're not just going to show up uh, without doing any sort of research. Maybe every once in a while you'll, you'll be blessed and someone will do that. But for the most part, they're going to try and do their due diligence to figure out what is this church about? What does this church look like? You know, how, what, what is my experience going to be like when, when I attend this service? According to the 2000... All right, that was a nervous moment being <laughs> the media ministry director of my PowerPoint doesn't work. Um, <laughs> according to the 2018 Census Media Report, almost 8 in 10 people uh, in Australia use social media. Out of these people, 59% of them access social media once a day or most days, and 35% of them check it more than five times a day. The younger the person is, the more they are on social media. And, and obviously, this report was created in 2018, so it's a bit dated, uh, even you know, since uh, the COVID lockdowns and everyone's been pushed online. More and more people, more and more churches, more and more organizations are online than ever before. Uh, I found one that was a bit more recent, and uh, it was talking about, this was pu published in reviews.org, and it was talking about phone use. And it says that the average Australian spends five and a half hours on their phone every day, with millennials and Gen Zers spending an average of seven hours on their phone daily. So we can complain about this and teach against it, and I believe that we should. As the church, we should teach against rampant phone use like this with our young people. Uh, you know, you shouldn't be spending five to seven hours on your phone every day. But the reality is, People are doing that. And so this is an avenue where we can reach them, where they're at for hours and hours every single day. This is an opportunity for us to meet them where they are at, to reach them where they are at. Um, we have to shift sometimes our uh, negative focus of Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube and think, how can we use this powerful tool to preach the gospel? How can we use this mechanism to preach the gospel? And so today I want to talk to you about uh, a few simple ways that we can enhance our online presence from social media to your church website. We will also cover practical ways to convert online contacts into guests and disciples. So I think the place that we have to start is what is the purpose of our social media pages and website. Have, have you thought about that? What is the purpose of your social media page? What is the purpose of your website? Uh, yes, it is the place where we can find out more about our church. Uh, people need to be able to find out more about your church through your social media, through your website, uh, where it is, who we are, what is the mission of the church, when do, they, when do we meet, <laughs> when are our service times, who our pastor is, what we look like, 
All those things are very important when it, when it comes to our social media, when it comes to our website, but it should also be used to minister to the local community. Our social media, uh, our online content shouldn't only be about you know, telling people what we're about or, or you know, how to find us, uh, uh, sharing that sort of information, but this is also a place where we can minister, where we can minister to people online. And this is a way that we can reach our local community. We want to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the reality is, is that they're going to be spending so much more time outside of the four walls of your church than they're going to spend inside. And this is not just people who, you know, you need to reach that are in the community, but also people who are within your church. The discipleship process continues week after week, month after month, year after year. And we can use this as a tool to facilitate that discipleship process as well as reach those who are unchurched or those who aren't part of the church. So our communication online should center around the gospel and it should, uh, it, the purpose of it should also be sharing our pastor's vision and message with the community. I think that's very important. It should center around the gospel, but also it should share our pastor's vision our pastor's message with the community. Why is that? Because our pastor wasn't called just to pastor the local church, but our pastor was called to that community, right? And so if the, if the message that is being shared on Sunday is only to those who are there in the building, then those of us who have the ability to um, maximize that message or um, to trumpet, I guess, that message, we're doing a disservice keeping it in the four walls of the church, but we need to find a way that we can get it outside the church and that that message that is being communicated to the church is also communicated to the wider community. Amen? Because God's speaking to our pastor, not only for the church or whoever is preaching on the Sunday, God is speaking not only to that minister, to that pastor, for uh, the church, but he's also speak, that word can also go out and impact people in the community. Amen. There's no, there's no limit to uh, what the spirit can do. And a message uh, that is given to a pastor may minister to someone on the Sunday in, inside the building, but it could also minister to a mom. It can minister to a dad. It can minister to a young person throughout the week. And so we shouldn't limit the avenues that we're using to get the message out of the building. Amen. So how are we going to get the message from Sunday outside the four walls of the church? One easy way uh, to get the message out that a lot of people have adopted, especially over the last two years because we were forced to, is live streaming, live streaming our services. So why should we live stream our services? Well, there's a, a few reasons why. Uh, one of the reasons would be to uh, keep people connected to your church. So those who may be sick, those who are uh, maybe away on holiday, but they still want to connect. I know uh, my mother-in-law, Sister Gretch, whenever she travels, she still tries to connect to the POS through the online. And in fact, this morning uh, during the session, she's monitoring the service to see what's going on um, uh, you know, in Sydney. But People who are sick, they can't make it to church, especially uh, in the last couple of years with the, the COVID requirements. If you tested positive, you couldn't leave your house for like two weeks, and I know that's been shortened. But 
this is an opportunity for them to continue to have the message even while they're forced to stay home or, you know, they're sick, they're away. Uh, another ex uh, reason is to minister to those who are isolated geographically. So someone who is living four hours away from your church, and, and unfortunately, because uh, the nature of Australia being quite spread out, there are many people, many believers, who are isolated and they're unable to travel maybe two hours to come to a service, but they can log online and be part of a worship experience, be part of a service. I can't believe I just said worship experience. I apologize. <laughs> Oh my goodness. <laughs> the only reason I make that comment is because I've like tried my best not to call it that because church is not an experience. We're serving God. We're serving one another. Anyway, whatever. Um, but <laughs> they're able to experience what's going on on a Sunday through that live stream experience. So you present, uh, uh, so th that's another one. And then you present the gospel to those who are outside of the church building. So someone who is just happening across your, your live stream, or uh, say maybe someone who is in your congregation who is actually there on Sunday, they're there worshiping, but then they share that live stream, and now their friends might be able to see what is happening. Uh, another reason is it gives potential guests an opportunity to connect with the church before attending an in-person service. So many people will, will try and connect with your church before they actually come through the front doors because they want to see what it's like. And I know that cuts against the grain for a lot of us because it's like, no, we want them to come and experience what it's like to be in the building before they ever, you know, uh, connected to the church. But the reality is, is like, uh, as um, Brother Shaw was saying yesterday, it's follower-centric leadership. And just because that's what, what we would prefer, that doesn't mean that's what society at large prefers. And Society at large would probably prefer to experience it online before they're actually committed to coming on a Sunday service. So if possible, uh, because of that, I would encourage you to stream on Facebook and YouTube if you're able to. Um, now, I was talking to Brother Downs about this uh, the other day, and, and he uh, mentioned, and I am 100% agreement with him, that YouTube is the best place for people to enjoy uh, a live stream service, that's just because people who are going on YouTube are more than likely going, they're going directly to your channel, they're going directly to your video, and they want to stay there, whereas Facebook, it could be scrolling, they see it, um, and also, you know, don't be, uh, uh, what, what's the word, uh, don't be tricked by the analytics that take place on Facebook, oh, we had 5,000 people see our sermon, our, our service today, well, they probably saw it for like three seconds. Um, you know, Facebook is notorious for that because the reason is, and we'll talk about this a little bit later, but the reason is, is that Facebook's trying to take down YouTube. And so if they're able to convince enough companies, enough churches, enough organizations that, hey, you can get five times the views on Facebook that you can get on YouTube, then people are like, oh, well, we're only going to commit to advertising and doing our stuff on Facebook rather than YouTube. But the reality is, if you look in the analytics on YouTube, they'll be watching it for 12 to 15 minutes at a time. Whereas on Facebook, the average view is less than a minute. And even though you had five, ten times the amount of people see it on Facebook than YouTube, the quality is on YouTube. So that's why I would encourage you to do both. If you can't do both, then I would encourage you to do YouTube and then post that onto your Facebook page if you have a Facebook page. I know some technology, you know, you're limited to only do one stream, um, but do try and find software out there that will allow you to stream to two different locations. Uh, just wanted to mention that as an aside before we move along. Um, so since the 
2020 nationwide lockdowns, many of you uh, started streaming for uh, maybe not the first time, but you really got into, you know, live streaming services because you knew that's the only way that people were going to be able to interact with your church for the next few months. And then when we thought we were finally over it, and those of us who are in New South Wales, ACT, uh, Victoria, you know, we were locked down for three, four months in 2021. And again, we had to go back to those systems that we had set up. So, but, but since that, we are continually getting guests at, at our church, and I know a number of churches are continuing to get guests from people who their first experience with your church is through a live stream service. They watched it online, and then they said, hey, I'm, I want to go check out that service. In fact, we had a guy who had been following us online for months. We talked about a baptism Sunday um, that we were going to have the following week, and, and I'm not here to talk about the theology with the baptism Sunday, but we had that the, the following week. And we had talked about it in our uh, online service because we do the announcements and so on. He saw it, and he's like, oh, I want to get baptized. So he came the following week, very first time ever at our church. Obviously, we uh, made sure that he knew why he was getting baptized, right? And we did our due diligence. And he's been attending weekly ever since. He's brought uh, guests with him. And, and all of that was because he connected with us first online. And then we had that invitation to come and be baptized. And and he came and was baptized. And so I know live streaming can be very challenging. It's not an easy thing to do. And those of us who you know, are into the weeds of it, uh, we know that in-house it sounds better than it does online. I know that. We all know that. And, and we've, you know, at our church, we've been working for years to try and make that a little bit better for an online experience. But it's still an experience, especially the preaching. Right? You know, don't get so caught up in, hey, the worship doesn't sound as good as it does in the building. That might be the case, but the preaching, and that's, it's the word that is going to uh, have that impact. And so, uh, you know, don't give up just because it doesn't sound perfect, but that, that seed is going forth, and, 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 it, and it's going out. Amen. All right. Moving along. Another way to get the message outside is by using social media. So for years, we have treated our church uh, Facebook and Instagram pages as an extension of our church announcements. And I know I was guilty of this for years uh, running our accounts. We use it to promote events or to share scripture verses. And, and that's great. You know, it's good to get the word of God out there. But unfortunately, Facebook and Instagram noticed that a lot of churches were doing this, that they were posting uh, photos, that they were posting stuff that only had uh, words on the image, and so uh, you know, Facebook employees, Instagram employees are going through their feeds, and it's just a bunch of words, and that's not why they created these uh, social media sites. And so they changed the algorithm, and so you'll notice that if you post an image that only has text on it, or, a or a, it could be a beautifully designed image, but if it only has text, that's going to be downgraded within the algorithm. Now, you can get that out to the people who like your page and follow your page if you pay. <laughs> so if you want to do Facebook ads, then you can still get that out. But um, the reality is, is if you're trying to get that organic reach, which is POS, uh, all of our stuff is organic. We don't pay for anything. Um, and we try to keep it that way. But you know, there's nothing wrong with, with paying for Facebook ads. We just, um, we just don't at the moment. But so the algorithms changed, and, that, and, and I noticed this a number of years ago. But I'll give you a, a quick example of that. Um, so 
for the UPCA Facebook account, how many people like or follow the UPCA Facebook? Awesome, that should be 100%. <laughs> but anyway, um, if you have Facebook. But, uh, which I don't know why you're in here if you don't. <laughs> I'll create a dummy account, maybe. Uh, so uh, Facebook, on our UPCA account, we have 5,000 likes, 6,000 follows. And um, we had just created an Instagram account like a year ago, and we still haven't gotten over 1,000. And so I was thinking, hey, this is a great way. We've got a lot of people here. Let's try and get them over onto Instagram. following us on Instagram as well. And so my lamb, she created a, a beautiful design, and it looks really nice. Put it up there. It's so cool. Sick design. Uh, no one saw it. <laughs> I, think, I think it was here. Let, let me see. I got the numbers here. That post reached 600 people. So we have 5,000 people who liked the page. Only 600 people saw it. There were 24 engagements with that post. Now, the other day, uh, before my morning run, I saw that Sunraysia had had an awesome baptism out in the middle of the night um, in, in the river. And they had posted some photos. So I was like, thank you very much. I took those photos, posted it on the UPCA account. And, and those photos, probably taken with a phone, um, not with an uh, incredible camera, but taken with a phone. That post has reached 1,700 people and has been engaged with 249 times. You see the difference? <laughs> My probably spent, you know, a lot of time on that design, and, and I'm, we're grateful for it, obviously. You know, we still, even if it's not going to reach a whole lot of people, it's important to, from, from my perspective, to look a bit more professional when it's a UPCA post. Um, but you can see the difference. One's an image, a person, a face, an experience, and that's reaching thousands, and one is like a promo type thing, and that's only reaching a few people. There's a big difference. And it doesn't take a professional photographer to take good photos. Uh, you, you don't have to invest thousands of dollars into equipment to get good photos. The, as the um, different phones are released and they're competing against each other because they know that young people have moved to basically creating all their content on their phones, whether that's photo or video. Uh, you can thank TikTok and Instagram Reels for that. But because of that, um, companies have noticed, and so they're trying to make their cameras better and better and higher quality. Well, that benefits us because then we don't have to spend thousands of dollars to get a Canon, Nikon, um, Sony type camera, mirrorless camera, but we can just use our phone to create really good, really good content. All right, so um, our smartphones are powerful. Photos help you tell stories and praise God for the wonderful things that He's doing. That being said, it's better to post one good photo than posting a whole bunch of photos that don't look as good. Uh, don't look as good. Um, we don't want to be just posting photos just to post photos. We want to make sure that the, the photos look nice and they're presenting our church the, the best way that we possibly can. Because remember, people are visiting your church and experiencing your church through your social media account, through your website. So we want to be presenting our best to them. We should also try to edit our photos before posting them. So try your best to edit photos. You can watch YouTube videos that are going to help you to better edit them. This isn't being fake, but it's just you know, making it look a bit nicer. So um, you can crop it a bit. There's a free app called Afterlight that you can use. You can pop your photos straight into that and um, uh, run, run a filter or an edit on it. And that will help you uh, make the photos a little bit more presentable. So 
Everything that I've learned in regards to photo editing and video editing is all self-taught, and some of you are like, yeah, I know. Um, but you know, you can, you can do a lot uh, for, for the kingdom of God, for your local church, for your department, um, just by taking your due diligence to, to watch some videos on YouTube, study a little bit about how you can better present the content that you're putting out there. So with photos, make sure that that uh, your congregation is notified that you're taking photos. You're not just going around taking photos. And then also for kids, uh, best practices is I don't re we don't really post photos of people, uh, kids, um, on social media unless we've gotten permission from their parents um, or like the Sunday School Department has put something on the platform and so the parents are given permission by that taking place, uh, being, them, being on the platform. Uh, another thing that, uh, I, I really appreciate you bringing that up, bro, because another thing that I wanted to highlight and I didn't know if I was gonna get to it is we need to realize that, um, you know, like every preacher uh, who tells a testimony about how they first came to the Lord and like it was their first experience, like say they didn't grow up in church and they came as like a teenager or somebody in their 20s and they always say their first experience, they're like, what is going on in this building, right? That's like the, the stock standard. Everyone says that this place is crazy. You're all are nuts. Um, we don't want to be presenting that on our social media pages because we want them to come into the building, right? I know it, we're not hiding who we are by doing that, but we're being wise with the tools that we're using. So we probably shouldn't be live streaming someone receiving the Holy Ghost with a camera right in their face. This is my opinion. Okay, so if you don't agree, feel free to knock it. But, um, you know, or showing uh, a powerful altar call um, or taking close-up shots of people crying. You know, yeah, some of those are emotional. It's good. Uh, but also it can be very embarrassing for someone who doesn't realize that someone's taking a photo of them while they're having a very intimate moment. So, um, you know, if you do have an image like that, you do believe it's powerful, you think it's going to be okay, I would run it by that person first before you post it on your page. Just with um, like posting intense worship, worship um, environments, like, do you think there's a difference between individual and like a corporate uh, experience? Like, I remember Brother Morty posted a Sunday night highlight of NYC, and it was very demonstrative environment, but it wasn't aimed at an individual person. It was more of a collective room experience. Do you see a nuance there? Or? Oh, for sure. And also because it, it, you got to remember the platform as well. So you guys are appealing to the national youth of the church, they're already converted, right? And obviously, you know, Brother, Nor uh, Brother Daniel Morton Jones does a great job of trying to reach to, uh, you know, teenagers, young adults that are outside the church as well. He does do a good job of that. But your main audience is converted Christians, and so that's a, a amazing experience for them, and they're going to want to share that, and, and, you know. But if you're a local church, and you only have about 25 to 50 people in the service, you know, you just... Be, be weary about that. Weary, not weary. A good rule of thumb that uh, I like to follow on social media is to have two or three ministry-type posts or posts that are specific to social media, so you're, you're ministering through social media, for every promotional post for an in-person event. So think of ways that you can minister to your online community as opposed to just inviting them to uh, church for church prayer or for your next Sunday service. Think about ways that you can use content to minister to people throughout the week. So I would encourage you, uh, uh, you know, I know not all of us are in 
not all of our all of our churches are in different areas, especially when it comes to finances. But I would really encourage you to invest in a a good camera, one, just one really good video camera, and you can use that for your live stream. It's such a great investment, and the reason uh, I the reason I suggest that is because we'll talk about it a little bit later. But you you have that nice camera that is producing like 1080p content. It's really clear, really clean. You don't have to have five cameras, and you can then reproduce little clips from that. We're going to talk about a little bit later, but little clips from that that you can use throughout the week of the preaching, and that's a way to get the message that is being communicated on Sunday out throughout the week only using one tool. So you don't have to, you don't have to invest into a handheld camera along with that camera, but you have that one that has that nice little tight shot on whoever's preaching, and then you can uh, reproduce that as different content throughout the week. Um, so, yeah, think about ways you can minister to online community. These are some tips from Brady Share. If you don't follow him, he's, he's a good follow. There's some things that I obviously don't agree with him on, but he does have some um, good information that he shares. So uh, here are some tips that he has. So one of the things that we want to try and do is stop the scroll. So you guys have probably all experienced this as individuals. Late at night, your brain's tired, you're just on Instagram and uh, Facebook, and you're just scrolling. <laughs> and, but he says, try and c- create content that makes people stop, um, whether that's a, a, a saying, whether it's a question, you know, whatever it is, but try and, and think of ways that you can stop people from scrolling, and they take a second look at what you're producing. Start meaningful conversations through your social media posts. Try and think of ways that you can start conversations within your church community, uh, within the community at large. Uh, Provoke spiritual practice. So uh, instead of the pastor only teaching about prayer, you can remind the church throughout the week, let's focus on this. You know, this is what the pastor spoke about and and, and try and um, encourage them to develop spiritual practices. Document every win uh, as best you can. So we, that's one thing that we try to do. You know, baptisms, those are very important for us to document and share because that's a big celebration for the community at large, not just for that individual, um, but for the church community and then also for the wider church body. Um, people being filled with the Spirit, maybe don't photograph them from the front, wait till they're finished and take a photo with them. <laughs> or... Um, you know, pastoral birthdays, those are great opportunities for, for you to celebrate uh, together as a church. Um, yeah, different things like that. Uh, Sunday snowball. So this is the one that I really want to talk about. So what's a Sunday sn- snowball? This is working in tandem with your Sunday message. You're working with what has been shared on Sunday, and now you're going to turn that into a snowball and produce content that is going to be shared throughout the week to maximize the impact of that message. All right, so here are some ways that you can create the Sunday snowball. These are just, obviously, these are just suggestions. We don't do all of them, but they're different things that, that you can possibly think about doing to take that message that took place on the Sunday that transformed lives there, but also is impacting throughout the week. So I just mentioned that a little bit earlier, post a clip, post a clip from the Sunday service, a sermon with the main point. So try, you know, you might need to be in communication with your pastor. What was your main point if it wasn't super clear? Um, 
<laughs> and uh, maybe shoot them a PDF of Pastor Downs's notes from his effective <laughs> preaching service uh, session. Um, but, you know, try and get that main point because that's what we're trying to drive. You know, that's what the Spirit is speaking to, the, to your pastor, and that's what we want to be communicating with the church and the community writ large. Um, so if you're live streaming content, you already have this. You don't have to create something new. Um, and that's why I was talking about having that nice camera. You know, uh, a lot of the content that we produce at our church is from Sister Mai Lamb, and she will go through and just take uh, from the back end of our YouTube account, download the video. It's not the best quality. I'd rather send her stuff, but this is the, this is the fastest way to do it for us. So it's been streamed in 1080p, so it's still pretty good quality. Uh, she downloads it, and then she cuts it up and will produce the clip. I don't even have to do it. You know, she's, she's doing that. Pastor doesn't have to do it, obviously. Um, and so try and think of, uh, uh, you know, it doesn't have to be long. So for best practices for Instagram, uh, right now, because they're pushing reels, they're trying to take down TikTok. Um, One-minute clips work really well on Instagram. Anything longer than that, it has to be really good for it to be shared about because, um, you know, the algorithm is not going to help you. So uh, best practices, if you're going to post a clip on, on Instagram, try and keep it about a minute so it can be posted as a reel. And then on Facebook, Facebook is pushing reels a little bit, but but um, not so much. Still, Facebook best practices is uh, over three minutes. So I would aim for between three and five minutes for your clips on uh, Facebook because that is what their algorithm is pushing. They want people to be watching video on Facebook because they're trying to take down YouTube. So um, yeah, those are the best practices for that. Less than one minute for Instagram and three to five minutes on Facebook. Have your pa this is another uh, possibility that you can do. Have your pastor do like a one-minute recap of the sermon from Sunday. So they, they finish preaching, um, you know, before they go home. Hey, pastor, can you just do a, a, a quick summarization of, of what happened today? And you, you grab your mobile phone and you just video it. And it's going, people are going to see it um, because that is what is being pushed by these algorithms, by in, on TikTok, talk, on Instagram, and then obviously Instagram is trying to combat um, TikTok. And so these things are being pushed. You don't have to have incredible um, you know, footage. You don't have to pull out and get 4K footage of your pastor in, in every you know, uh, sweat line because <laughs> he's just preached his heart out for an hour. Um, you know, get, get like a one-minute clip. And, and you can post that on Facebook as well because they do have the reels and they are trying to push that. You could do a Q&A with your pastor via Instagram Live. This is something that I heard recently, and it sounds really good. So if you have an Instagram account, go live. Instagram pushes live. Again, we're trying to, you know, uh, Brother uh, Daniel Morton-Jones talks about this all the time, trying to defeat the algorithm, right? And I would encourage you to follow his Mort's Media account. He just created it, and he's going to be posting out tips. And obviously, it's not just for church. He's trying to reach the, a broader audience, but definitely give him a follow because he does have a lot of really good tips. But uh, Instagram Live, you can do a Q&A. So pastor just hops on, say they're going to commit 10, 15 minutes to, to this time, and people can ask them questions live. Now, there might be times where they go live and no one shows up. That's just the way it is sometimes. So um, see if it's working with your audience. Talk, you, know, you can even advertise it um, on your social media. Say, pastor's going to go live tomorrow. You know, join in. Uh, you can ask them live through, 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 through questions. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. So um, you could have like, uh, you know, yeah. <laughs> I log into like four different accounts. Pastor Harvey, uh, I was wondering, and it just leads into his perfect point. Uh, but yeah, you can have you can have uh, pre-created questions, or you know, and then obviously address ones that are live as long as they're appropriate, of course. So that's another opportunity. Um, you can even do Facebook Live that way, though Facebook doesn't push it as much. They still do push live content, so you could do that uh, at the same time. Another thing you could do is post an image from Sunday with a caption discussing one of the main points. So instead of just posting an image. Or, uh, or posting the main point in text. Instead, just post an image maybe of someone worshiping or uh, something that took place at your service on that Sunday. And then in the caption, you're you know, describing the main point or talking about you know, something from the sermon, maybe even quoting the main passage from the sermon. So these are ways that we can create a bit of a Sunday snowball. Remember, our goal is to get the, our pastor's message outside the four walls of the church, and uh, not only for those in the community, but also to remind our members of what was shared. You know, we all have memories of a, of a goldfish. Our pastor could preach an incredible message on Sunday, and, and we're up standing, clapping, you know, we have a great experience, and then by Tuesday, we've completely forgotten what he's talked about. But then a post shows up in our feed, and it's like, oh yeah, yeah, I need to work on that, you know? Or that is something I need to focus on this week. So that's a way of extending the message that was given out on Sunday throughout the week. So Facebook and Instagram are also, and I I mentioned this earlier, pushing video content in a bid to compete with YouTube and TikTok. So we need to use that knowledge to our example, uh, example, to our advantage. Uh, Another positive is that raw content, I mentioned this a little bit earlier as well, shot from a phone camera is is, is now considered more authentic and people like it more. So you'll even see like Instagram reels where someone records with a really slick Canon. They spent thousands of dollars on it and they've done all this editing will go nowhere. But some teenager picks up a phone and videos like a 10 second clip and that blows up and you got hundreds of thousands of likes. So, um, you know, don't be discouraged if you don't have incredible equipment. You can just use your phone. And uh, a couple of churches that I've seen recently that have been doing that um, locally, uh, I, I've been really encouraged to see it, was uh, a church in, in Perth, Pastor Simon Butcher's church over there. I noticed recently they did a recap of their conference and, uh, and had some nice footage, you know, talking about what was going on there. And I think the majority of that was shot on a phone. And then uh, also um, uh, Totoa in Adelaide, they've been trying to do a little bit more of that as well. So... You know, try and um, use those phones. You know, there's, there's a lot of free apps out there that you can use to edit to, put, to produce good content that the algorithm likes. And, and you're not working against it, but you're using it to your advantage. Um, so I, d- I did want to mention this, that some of our uh, most effective content recently through our church account, through the Pentecostals of Sydney, has been personal testimonies that are just shared with a re- reverse camera. <laughs> I think I mentioned this at National Youth Convention um, that Sister Martha did one, and uh, Mai put it together, and she sends it to me. You know, she always sends it to me before she posts, and I'm like, oh, man, this is tr- terrible. Like, like it's just a camera. <laughs> you know, we're going to put this on our, our main platform for everyone to see, and then 
next thing I know, there's hundreds of shares and tens of thousands of views, you know, based off of a reverse camera footage, you know, because it's about the message, but also it's about the algorithm, <laughs> and, and the algorithm is pushing that. I think it's authentic as well. Yeah. Because you've got somebody who is sharing their testimony on a flipped camera. Mm -hmm. If you had a professional, it would discredit it. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So be real and authentic. Yeah. Yep. And it goes against my nature as someone who wants everything, you know, as professional as possible. But it's what's what works and, and as he said it is authentic and it feels real, you know, the person. Your thoughts around um, not so much the production side of things, but the selection of the people involved. Like I know you host um, for the Morton Jones and even locally one of the biggest predictors of the success of the post is the personality of the person we ask to promote. Sadly, sure. yeah. but it's a reality that's powerful. What are the thoughts are on that as an element? I think that's yeah. I think that's a fair point. Um, you know, if someone's likable, then people want to see their testimony. They want to see you know what they're talking about. Um, we. We should also be careful that it's not like a popularity contest as well, because as I definitely agree with this sentiment and what he said, we've also had um, videos that went well, like uh, a guy at our church who is one of our lead ushers. Um, he's got a bit of a dry personality, super nice guy, but uh, and he post he did a, a video testimony. It's 15 minutes long, and I'm just like, this is gonna go nowhere. But you know, because because Mai had already approached him. He had put it in. It's like, well, you know, we have an obligation to post what he shared, and similar result to to um, Sister Martha's, and and he's not someone that's going to be pushing his own stuff, you know, or someone who is like super. Um, so I think, yeah, I agree with that as uh, definitely, especially if it comes to like announcements. If you're going to do use video to do an announcement, definitely have someone who's going to have some energy <laughs> that that people are going to smile when they when they see them. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, good point. Um, so uh, you can create amazing video content. I wasn't saying I had a good point. I was saying he did. Um, <laughs> self high five. <laughs> Uh, you can create amazing video content just using your phone and as I said earlier, Reels, YouTube Shorts, and TikTok, that's what they like, that's what they're pushing. We finished up this session talking about what we post on a weekly basis at the POS on our social platforms and some things you can do to try and convert online viewers into disciples at your local church. There's a link in the show notes to my notes for this session, along with my visual presentation, so make sure to check that out if, if you want to uh, read what else we talked about in the session. I hope you all were able to get something out of this and that it was a blessing to you. Feel free to reach out to us on social if you have any questions about what was shared today. We are more than happy to help in any way possible. Thank you again for your time today, and we'll see you next time on the Hacker Podcast.